Hey, welcome to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is the space to be for high vibe people looking to create a beautiful life and business. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast, my beautiful friends. I am Letitia Ringe, your host, and I am so excited as always to be here with you all today. So today we are continuing our conversations and I have a very special guest interview with you all today with Alexia Colson Dupachi from Bright Brains. Today on episode 111, we are talking all about aligned entrepreneurship and creating a business by being you. Alexia is a coach for entrepreneurs. She's also a business development consultant for lawyers, and she's a published author of, and this is in French, but translated into English, so it's not the exact translation, but The Art of Rock and Rollin' Your Career. Alexia also happens to be an ex-lawyer, and she's also an inner voice facilitator um, certified with Jess Lively. That's how we met. And she is one of my incredible clients in our holistic business, Mistress Mind. Now, Alexia is going to take us behind the scenes of her career, how she made that transition from being a lawyer, working in a high-flying corporate job to working in her, as she calls it, company of one (laughs) in her business and creating the amazing multi-passionate and diverse and unique business that she has today. We talk a lot about risk, investing in ourselves. We talk about mentorship. We talk about what it's like being in the mistress mind. We talk about how she was saved by her ego, her top tips for navigating a transition, and also how she ended up being connected to her inner voice and doing the work that she does today. I'm so excited for you to meet Alexia because her story really is such a beautiful example of what our careers can look like when we follow our curiosity, when we allow the journey to unfold, and when we simply respond to the invitation that life gives us along the way. Alexia is also a projector for all of you projectors who would love a really expansive example of someone really embodying their human design and their unique gifts. And I'm super excited for you to all join in on this conversation. And before we do that, I've got one announcement for all of you listening to the podcast right now. Have you signed up for our Holistic Business Month? We are getting started on the 11th of November. If it's after this date when you start listening to this episode, no worries. You can still come and join us. The Holistic Business Month is an opportunity to celebrate you as a holistic business practitioner. And what that means is someone who is devoted to doing business holistic. Over the month, I'm sharing five holistic business trainings that will support you to elevate your impact, your confidence, your visibility, and your inspiration in your business. And you're also going to have a whole host of workshops run by holistic practitioners to support you to nourish and nurture the beautiful you, body, mind, and soul behind your business. You're also going to have a whole community of other people in business, all committed to doing business holistically. And that means allowing yourself to thrive as the whole person that you are financially, spiritually, creatively, emotionally, mentally, and physically. It's the only way I teach business. So if you'd love to join us, all you need to do is head to LetitiaRange.com 
forward slash holistic business month. And then I'll send you all of the details and the schedule so that you can join us for this holistic business extravaganza. And did I mention it's also 100% complimentary. So come and join us and let's wrap up 2020 together with a beautiful celebratory bang. All right, everybody, let's now dive into this amazing conversation with Alexia. Hey, Alexia, welcome to the podcast. Morning, Leticia. Thank you so much for having me. It's really um, really a treat for me to be on your podcast today. Yeah, well, it's such a treat for me. I was just chatting to Alexia before and saying I'm so excited to hear more about her journey and to share her journey with you all because it's there's a lot of similarities between Alexia's journey and mine, which you'll all find out about soon. And um, and there's also in these conversations, I learn so much about each of our guests. And it's I just think this is the best way of learning full stop. So thanks for being here, Alexia. Let's start with, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and the work that you're doing in the world today? Oh, I'd love that. So the work that I do today... Um... There's three <laughs> things that I do really today. The first thing is that I'm a consultant for business development. I'm also a coach for aligned entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the third thing, <laughs> the third thing that I do is that I'm a book writer. And I can't believe I get to say that, but I am officially. That is so cool. I feel goosebumps when you say that as well. Isn't that exciting that you get to have this really beautiful, broad, diverse work that you do in the world? And I'm really excited to to dive into each of those areas a little bit more as well in this conversation. Mm, You know, um, it's funny when you say that because for me, for the longest time, that actually was a problem that I didn't have just the one title, that I didn't have the obvious title. Uh, and that I wanted to do more than one thing. Um, and it took me a lot of time to actually make peace with that fact. And now that I do it, I don't understand why there would be any problem anymore with combining these different activities and actually do a bit more than that as well. I do conferences and other things, but I don't even think about it anymore in terms of a dichotomy. It's just, this is what I love doing. That's what I believe I'm quite talented at doing. And anyway, that's what my days are made of, you know, but I I swear to you, the the first year I was in business, my biggest problem was, what will I put on my business card? There's no two, three words to summarize what it is that I do. And it was such a stupid blockage. It's a, you know, perfect example of a mental blockage, but. uh, Yeah, well, that's such a great example. And I've been there as well. And I think because we're multi-passionates, right? Like, and society says we need to put ourselves in a box and give everyone a really easy description to understand who we are. But we're also much more complex than that. There's so many layers. And that's what's beautiful about, you know, having our own businesses because we get to explore those different layers. And I just wanted to sort of something I used to spend so much time on trying to figure out what my perfect Instagram bio would be, you know, the couple of sentences. Oh, I know that feeling. (laughs) Yeah, I think every business owner does. And if I calculate the amount of time and energy I spent trying to figure out and like define myself, I could have been using that just to actually enjoy my (laughs) life. (laughs) I've been there I'm still there at times you know whenever I add something new like the book writing or um 
moderating a conference. I'm like, should I just mention, should I not mention it actually? Because that's just going to complexify things. <laughs> How will people understand that I don't just do one thing? And seriously, give people some credit. They understand that you're a human being, not a robot. Of course, <laughs> you've got more than one function. <laughs> How sad would it be otherwise? But Leticia, do you think maybe that's got something to do with the fact that you and I were both lawyers before and we had a perfect title? We had, you know, we were part of a profession that people could identify easily. And I don't know, sometimes that's how I explain it to myself. Why is it that I'm so, or why is it that I was so stuck on finding the perfect title? Maybe yeah. it's that, I don't know. I think that that's part of it, but also I feel like even people who haven't, you know, been a lawyer or in one of the, you know, those professions like accountancy or, you know, whatever the doctor or like whatever the main ones are, I feel like it's a, it's a, um, it's a problem just for our society because we love to just pigeonhole people and it, and it's a way of making it, it's just a way of making it easier for our minds to understand someone and to understand ourselves rather than accepting that there's just so much that's unknown and that even when we think there is a there's a label that you know is true for us you know then it might not be true in uh, in some time you know whether that's 6 months a year or years later and that's so hard for our minds to accept and understand so i just think it's like a human problem <laughs> <laughs> oh well <laughs> I know it feels <laughs> I know but okay you talk about a great topic which is the fact that you used to be a lawyer and that was your profession so I would really love to hear more about your journey from uh, life as a lawyer into how you got into all of the amazing things that you're doing today hmm, okay okay Let's go back into that uh, past life of mine. Um, well, as you can all hear, right, I'm French. I guess the accent doesn't lie. Um, but I'm French and blessed with the fact that I actually get to speak English, which opened the borders to many other countries for me. And um, it means that I got to study abroad. I studied in Ireland. I studied in Canada. And it was just the beginning of a passion for me, you know. Um, it was being able to live anywhere I wanted in the world. And I needed to have the career or the job that could justify living that kind of life. And in France, if you're a good student, but you don't really know what to do after high school, then you don't take a year off. You don't take a year off to, to travel the world. That's not, a, that's not a done thing at all in France, not for the moment, not when you're 18 anyway. What you do instead is that you go to law school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's where you're supposed to get a full broad spectrum of what life could be, of what your options could be. So I did that. I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do. And I went to law school and ended up absolutely loving it. I love studying those topics. I love the general knowledge that I got to acquire there. I was a good student and I like nothing more than good marks and good comments from people. I found that very encouraging. Surprise, surprise. So I pushed through four years and then got to got to study abroad, as I was saying. And I never asked myself any questions. You know, I was just like, oh, this is great. I get to travel. I love the topics I'm studying. Until at some stage, you know, you've kind of, you have to ask yourself what's next. What's next with your studies? Um and for me, that question I had to ask myself at the end of my master's, my LLM at McGill, and it was 
very unpleasant. I hadn't prepared myself for that. You know, it's like, can't I just study for my whole life and live this amazing life where my very, very generous parents get to sponsor my life, where I get to do whatever I want, nourish my brain, have fun with my friends, visit the world. And then I realized I had to take a decision. And what do you do when you've done years of law school when you become a lawyer? Because I still didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I became a lawyer in Canada, uh, qualified in Montreal, um, managed to find a job in a great law firm over there. I had this amazing window, um, had this view of Mont Royal. I actually had a corner office for my first <laughs> position wow. as a lawyer. <laughs> Never happened after that. Um, and, you know, I was like, well, this is it. You know, everything is flowing well that was back in 2001 2002 so we were not talking in terms of flowing at the time but that's actually how it felt you know Um, everything is happening even in the midst of a financial crisis remember 2001 was another financial crisis Uh, I've got this great job in North America wow look at the suits I'm wearing I'm just amazing and look at my view and and then I had to stop doing work and and I stopped learning You know, I had to achieve things every day. I was part of a team. I had to perform every day for the clients. I didn't always understand what it was, what I was asked to do, really. I didn't always understand what the clients needed to hear. Um, It was a completely different world for me than being a student and picking the courses I wanted to learn and writing on the topics that I wanted to write about. And there I had to do what my what my team was asking me to do, what my partners were asking me to do, what the client needed, of course. And I don't think I embraced it very well. Sorry, it's actually very clear I didn't because very soon after that, I found myself crying every night. You know, I was like, how can I be so miserable when everything looks so great on paper? You know, I've got the dream life. I've got the dream job. Uh, wh- why am I being so miserable? What is missing in my life? Um, And instead of really asking myself those questions and trying to find the answers, what I did instead was look for solutions elsewhere. So um, I started complaining every day by my job because that's so easy to do, right? I started being, yeah, one of those people that you have in offices that don't really bring much to your life on a daily basis, you know, I was always nice. I was always polite. I was always um, doing my work, of course. I took great pride in that. But I had such a negative energy about me, you know. Mm. I I see that now in retrospect. At the time, I didn't know any better. Um, And then an opportunity came by for me to move to London for another big law firm. And I thought that'd be the solution. You know, it was Mm. one of the biggest law firms there is. It's London. Um, It Again, it felt like a compliment. It felt like people were asking me or people were telling me that I was ready for the next big step. And I was like, oh, well, that's what I need to hear. Turns out I'm very responsive to the energy that comes from the outside world. So I moved to London, barely mentioned it to my boyfriend at the time, my husband now. You know, I was like, oh, you know, this is amazing, this opportunity. I can't believe this. It means I'm meant for bigger things and and the energy came back and I felt amazing about myself again. And, and he was kind enough to follow me to London. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and of course, this only lasted a few more months because 
that, that wasn't the solution. You know, I moved to London, got to discover an amazing city, moved to this incredible law firm, and I was miserable again. Mm. And I got fired because back then it was 2007, early 2008, financial crisis. Not a good time to be a young lawyer in, in finances. Oh. <laughs> and that felt that felt real tough, you know, for the good student who always expects to have good comments from everybody around her getting fired. That was you. That was an unpleasant time in my life. Mm. But that was that was what I needed. That not so gentle kick in the butt, you know, forcing me to take real take real time to think about what was happening. Why why was that I was trying to pursue a career where I was I was actually I was good at it, but it was mental torture. I was always I was taking so long to to accomplish any of the tasks that I was asked to do because I was unsure of myself. Mm. Um, it was, yeah, that's the word. It was a mental torture. And I didn't thrive in, in, in that environment. I didn't understand how people in my firm were so good at doing what they were. I didn't understand how they could be satisfied with that kind of lifestyle where you work through, I mean, you work in 10 hours, right? You, you would know. Yeah. Um, and especially in London there's, and in Montreal as well, there was this culture of, you know, oh, did you put an all-nighter? Oh, oh, did you go to bed last night? Oh, like, yeah. Like it's a problem or something that you actually took some rest. Um, and I, so basically all these months that I spent looking for another job, not knowing what I should be doing, I realized that I wasn't meant for this career. And I did try at the time to look for something else, but I didn't know how to go about it. My ego was was really wounded. Um, I, I didn't know who to talk to. You know, personal development wasn't really something I was familiar with at the time. And I also come from a culture where personal development is a bit of a weakness, maybe. You do that if there's something that's not quite right in your education, that was missed by your parents, or that you're a bit of a misfit. Uh, remember, that was before 2010. Yeah. <laughs> and things have changed a lot. <laughs> we all have. Oh, yes. And also, I was... I was still relatively young in terms of age and and not very mature probably. Uh, so, but I, I started talking to a lot of people and that, that was a big step for me. I started actually talking to people and being okay with the fact that I got to say, look, I just lost my job and what you do seems so interesting. It finds amazing. I find it amazing. And, you know, I'm talking about people that were out advisory. It was a profession that I was dreaming of at the time, you know, that had nothing to do with the legal sphere. And I actually started talking, reaching out to these people. Um, and I realized then that people were very generous with the time, very generous with their advice, and quite often very generous with their network. Mm. And that was a great discovery. Turns out, long story short, I managed to find another great job in another amazing law firm in Abu Dhabi. And that was the push I needed. Although it sounded like it was just more of the same, that move to Abu Dhabi, that move to another law firm, where very soon after that, my job as a lawyer became a job as a business developer for law firm. That to me was the beginning of another chapter because I realized very soon that what I loved, where I was very good at, uh, at being a lawyer, was not so much dealing with all the paperwork, the contractual stuff, 
No, it was being with the clients. It was understanding what they needed on a much broader level. And I was so lucky to work for a partner there, an Australian guy, actually, Andrew Ray. Yeah, amazing, amazing guy. And he was like, you know what? We're lucky that you speak more than one language and we don't have enough French lawyers or French um, speakers in, in our office. And it was the big time of, oh, it was the time, sorry, back then. So this is 2029. 2009, sorry. It was the time where um, Ariva was big in the region. Nuclear energy was a big thing. So they needed a French speaker, a native French speaker. And he was like, look, well, you know what? Come with me now to all the meetings and we're going to do business development together. And I love that. And that's where I started thriving in a law firm. Finally, after almost 10 years in law firms, I had finally, finally found what I was good at and what I enjoyed doing. And from that day, everything changed for me. Um, Years after that, I moved back to France, studied another job in another law firm as a business developer, and yada, yada. After a few years, I decided that's it. I'm starting my own business as a business developer. Mm. And I just love that I spent years trying to find the right thing, and it actually happened, but I didn't realize that it was happening because it was quite simple in a way. It was just unfolding under my own eyes. Mm. because I was open to it because I would tell people around me, look, you know, this is not what I'm really good at, but this is what I'm instead. Let me do this. And that. Let, let, let me be the one who goes to the clients because that's where I'm, that's why I'm good. You can trust me with this. Um, and I started being very clear about the things that I was enjoying to do, the things I was very good at doing and that I was enjoying. Mm. And for me, the lesson there is something that I share with my clients now is what is it that you're good at and that you enjoy doing? Once you know, actually share that with the world. Tell people about it. You know, don't just keep it for yourself as your secret strategy. That doesn't work. Or maybe it does. It just takes years then to realize or to materialize. Yeah. Um, and and talk to people, you know. So many people are actually very kind-hearted and they will try and help you out if you're clear about what you want they will try and help you out mm. uh, so that was a big life lesson for me and that's how I become my, own, uh, my, my well that's how I become my company of one yeah <laughs> I love that my company of one I really heard that through your story that asking for what you wanted became a big thing like you just started having conversations and um, and being honest about what you needed because after you lost the job and so it sort of put you into this I I imagine it put you into this headspace where you felt like well I haven't got anything to lose now whereas before it was like oh but I need to hold on to this job and then when that's taken from you it's like okay I'm going to be more honest about what I actually know to be true from what I've experienced on the job and yeah, so some of these like big life changes, like losing a job, it's I always see them as happening for us, always happening for us, especially when we're ignoring the signs, which is mostly what we do because they're, they're kind of hard <laughs> to see um, until we get that big push. So I think that's a really yeah. beautiful piece of your story. Uh, although at the time, to be honest, it didn't feel that beautiful. It really felt like oh. it was happening to me very much. You should have seen me in my semi-basement in London, (laughs) devouring my jar of honey, watching the 
the rerun of the heels. That was not, that was not my most glorious time in my life, but it was needed. I needed to have that, that, you know, pity party for myself. I needed yep. to feel very sorry for myself. I needed to feel like I'd lost all hope in my entire life that no one would ever want to employ me ever again. I, I needed to push that to the extreme mm-hmm. for little me to yep. realize that, okay, actually it's not that bad. It's going to be okay. Worst, I needed to explore the worst case scenario and to realize that although I'd been fired during a financial crisis in a foreign city, that actually wasn't the worst case scenario. That was just that was just complex. That was a bit complicated. It was mm. making things a bit tougher, but it was okay. Because yes, exactly as you were saying earlier, it was happening for me and it was a time that I could take Although, of course, I had no unemployment fund and rent was twice a month. (laughs) It was actually a time where I really could ask myself the tough questions. Mm. Um, And it was time to do that. So, yeah, you're completely right. But it didn't just happen like that where I was like, oh, right, this is just a gift from life. No, it sucked. It really sucked. (laughs) Absolutely. It really taught me one amazing lesson that I use all the time now. Is face your fears. What are you actually scared of? Mm. You know, don't be vague. And for me, it was like, oh my God, that's it. I'm, I'm unemployed. Henceforth, I'm unemployable. Therefore, this is the end of my life in my 20s. I'm just, I'm just dead. You know, I'm just like some leftover from society on the side of the road and that's it. And no, of course not. It wasn't that black and white. It wasn't that simple. Of course not. Uh, what was I scared of? I was scared financially. You know, how do you survive in London when you don't have any savings? Because I didn't have time to build any savings over there. When rent is very expensive, uh, how, how do you, what was I scared of? You know, I was wounded. My ego, you know, my type A kind of ego was very wounded and I was extremely unpleasant, but that's okay. It's just wounds. You get over that. Um, you know, I had to ask myself tough questions that I didn't want to ask myself. So that's something else I was scared of. Mm. So I started actually diving deep into that as opposed to just living in that vagueness of, oh, I'm so scared right now. I don't know what to do. And that was, I'm very proud of myself for doing that by myself at the time. I didn't have any any, any mentor like I do now with you, Leticia, I didn't have any guidance again from self-help books. No. I didn't have, I didn't meditate at the time. And mm. poor me, how did I go through that without <laughs> all the right tools? But I actually knew, I knew, look, after a while I was like, okay, what are you actually scared of? What are you actually upset about? What are you sad about? You know, and be very, very specific. And when you know the specifics, then it's a lot easier to come up with a plan B Hmm. Are you scared financially? Okay, well then get any job, you know, start working at the supermarket next door. They're always hiring and at least you'll be okay. It's not glorious on your CV, but it'll pay for the bill. That's okay. That's all you need for the moment. So yeah, um, you know, find solutions for your very specific problems that you've identified. Mm. And that was that was a big step in my life. I stopped complaining about general things and started taking action for specific things. Mm, what do you think helped you to make that transition into like looking at, well, what am I actually afraid of here? Um, in a way, I think I was saved by my ego. <laughs> mm. 
my goal first well call it whatever you want you know but at the time it wasn't my inner voice it wasn't my intuition at the time it was really my ego it was like look little lady enough with this nonsense now <laughs> enough with the cry party what do you want out of life what do you enjoy doing um what what is it that your boyfriend likes so much about you what what is it that he sees in you you know i created my own little sphere yeah um and that allowed me to take a step a few steps back and i was like okay let's rebuild the person that i like being let's rebuild the environment that i like to thrive in or that i never got to thrive in before but that i would like to create for myself i created my own little therapy you know and yes. it was all in a very positive way because I know ego gets a lot of bad rep, but at the time for me, creating that from an ego perspective really helped me, you know, mm -hmm. let's recreate that person that is lovable. That is, um, that, that, that is the life of the party that uh, brings people together. Let's recreate that person because by then again, I had identified the things that I was scared of. I had managed to realize what it was that I was actually enjoying doing it in my work environment not everything was negative you know uh, in in my big 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 London law firm everybody wanted to have lunch everybody but so many people wanted to have lunch with me every day at the canteen because we would have so much fun and it was a real break during the day you know uh, when you're so stressed about your work it's so amazing to have a moment where you get to laugh together talk about things that are not connected to work. And I was that person, you know, I would bring that out to people. Mm. Uh, and I was like, you know, I enjoy being that person. I don't do it just because it feels good. I enjoy it because it feels natural. It feels, it feels very me. So yeah, it was ego led work. And now that I know quite a bit more about life and how <laughs> mind and body and everything else works, I know it was more inner voice talk, but mm. yeah, that, that helped me a lot. But that's that's a beautiful distinction that you make there about the how your ego saved you, as you put it, because you're right, the ego and our mind does get a bad rap. And I always love to to remind myself about this as well, that you know, our mind is just there to protect us. And it's actually it actually has a really positive purpose. It's just that the outcome of that is not always positive. So when we can see that, oh, actually, this is our friend and it's just very afraid and it's scared of all these things, but ultimately it just loves us and, and wants us to um, do well in life, we can, you know, use it to our advantage and not have it, you know, calling all of the shots and, and allowing ourselves to expand when we realize it's limiting us. But just knowing that it's not our enemy, I think, is actually pretty life-changing, especially once you do understand the mind and the ego more deeply. It kind of becomes a scary thing, I think. Absolutely. And also the work that I started doing at the time, you know, I think it was a door open towards inner voice, towards intuition, mm. towards the gut feeling, you know. So I think they were actually starting to communicate at the time, the, the, mm. the, the mind and the inner voice. Uh, and and for your listeners out there <laughs> who, who might not know that, uh, maybe it's important that we tell them that you and I actually met during our inner voice facilitator training. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so excited to get to this part of your story, actually, where Jess Lively's work came to be a part of your journey as well. So, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone, losing my voice, but uh, Alexia and I did Jess Lively's Inner Voice Facilitator Training, which I'm pretty sure I've mentioned on the podcast uh, in, in our last season. 
and we were in the beta round together. So it was a smaller group of people and um, so, which was really nice because we got to get to know each other a bit more intimately and then Alexia and I went on to work together as well after that and it's been so beautiful. We really connected over being ex-lawyers and now being in this work and um, and also like I lived over in London and so did Alexia, so we have a lot of similarities in our story. So tell us, Alexia, how did you get then from starting your business and doing the business development and um, and then like finding yourself in, in the world of consciousness and inner voice and, and all of this? <laughs> you know what? That's where it starts feeling very easy for me to flow. Uh, when I tell that story, I'm like, well, isn't it obvious to you, Letitia, how a business development <laughs> expert for lawyers would do conscious work. <laughs> so I started my own business, um, which is apparently not really something that you do in France. You don't start your own business. Uh, you, you join an agency or you wait for people, or you wait for the market to really know you. And then you start your own business. But I decided, you know what? I actually want to explore everything that it is that I can do. Mm-hmm. and. Being a consultant in business development just seems to be the obvious thing for me. So there I tried it and things went well. I was very lucky that clients followed me, uh, that um, a lot of my friends as well from my circle of lawyers trusted me with the the development of their own firms. And after a short while, they started trusting me with their own clients, entrepreneurs. And they were like, look, you know, this, this, this business now is about to merge with another one. They need to, be, to put this, their business in order before they do that. Can you maybe go out there and help them out? And before you know it, what you do is that you're actually there to help out not the business per se, but the business owner, the person, the human being behind the business who loses sleep at night because um, he or she is so worried about the next step for the business, for their teams, for the, the, the talents behind that. Um, you try and help them explore what is possible for their businesses. And within a year of creating my business development business, <laughs> I was actually supporting entrepreneurs more than I was offering business development consulting for law firms. And I love doing that. And I didn't even realize at the time that it was happening. It was just the work I was doing on a daily basis without noticing really the shift mm-hmm. in my function. And then some of those clients went off to create their own solopreneur adventures. And they were kind enough to call me and was like, and would be like, look, you know, I don't need help with the business right now because I think I've got this, but I need help with my in French, they would call it my mental health. Mm. Uh, I, need, I need support. I need to know that I'm standing strong, so that, that I'm well organized, that I'm balanced between my private life, my personal life, and my work life, so that I don't let myself be completely devoured by uh, this next step, this next adventure in my life. Um, and I had one person who asked me to do that, and then a second one, and then the third one. And I was like, this, this is amazing. Um, I'm... I'm they actually need my help for this. I'm actually good at this. Um, and, you know, at first it's just a conversation with people like you would have with a good friend, you know, that you know is going through this incredible entrepreneurial adventure. And, of course, you would offer your support. Of course, you would be there to listen to them. 
give them some advice on the good books that you've been reading lately, giving them some advice on your sharing your own experience, starting your own business, um, sharing your own experience, hiring people, sharing experience from some of your other clients, uh, putting them in touch with some people in your network. And it basically happened completely organically for me. Mm. And in parallel to that, two things happened. One is that, like you said at the beginning, I was, and I still am, (laughs) multi-passionate. And I studied a business in parallel with my father, who's an ethnobotanist, and another family in South Africa. It's it's an agro-business where we farm plants and we extract active ingredients from those plants that have been organically farmed. And we extract those active ingredients and then they get to be sold and used by um, pharmaceutical companies, organic cosmetic companies and organic superfood companies. And it's a social enterprise. It was a project of ours for the longest time. And the person in charge over there, Will, um, the CEO of the business, uh, actually has an MBA in social entrepreneurship, is a spokesperson for social entrepreneurship in Southern Africa And he's just amazing at what he does. And to be part of this adventure taught me so much. You know, it taught me about working with your family, Mm. having a business with your family, always interesting. Having a business with another family as well, working with friends, another thing. And doing it beautifully, doing it gracefully, and still being able to speak your mind. Being able to have frictions in the business, but not frictions in the relationship, not agree on everything and still be very conscious of the beautiful relationship that you have and manage to grow your business with very specific values. You know, being a social entrepreneur, uh, having a social company is not easy all the time because money is so appealing. And every time you have to make sure that you put in the, that you weigh all three big factors there, you know, that people that work in the business, the talent, while you're doing this and the financial impact, of course, they all have the same weight in those businesses. And I learned and learned and learned so much. And because I was the most junior, you know, I was just a lawyer. I, I felt like I needed to step up. I needed to learn and learn and learn. So as I was doing this business in parallel to my own activities, I thought, okay, this is it. I'm lucky enough that I get to speak English. I'm lucky enough that I can get an education in English. And I'm always in awe in, with the American entrepreneurs, you know, the, the, I find them so inspiring and there's so much content that's available for people worldwide, you know, um, content available online so I started getting myself an education I picked and choose what I wanted to do so I started with B-School with Mary Folio I did Amy Porterfield um, I did so many things and one thing led to another and then I started listening to all these podcasts so it was very business focused at the time but as my clients were asking me for more and more personal development input as in my own life, with my own businesses, I realized that, you know, it's not just about the business. It's also about the person behind the business, mm. the mindset behind the business. I was like, I need to know more of this. I need to know more of that. And through the magic of internet, and really I have to say that, internet can be horrible, but it can be absolute magic as well. I got to discover more people. And then one thing led me to another and somehow just lively materializing my internet feed 
And I was hooked. I discovered it quite late. It was three years ago, but I was hooked. I, I was like, who is this crazy person who just follows, who lives with intention, who even does that? How does she eat? How does she put a roof above her head? And it was interesting to see that even after all the work I had done myself, I still had all these old mindset blockages. <laughs> so it was my weekly exercise to open up to the world of, whatever is possible. <laughs> I would be listening to her podcast and then started doing inner voice work. And then when she mentioned that she was opening up this um, facilitator training, I was like, of course I want to do that. I'm already a facilitator for conferences. I want to be a facilitator for inner voice conferences now. <laughs> but it, you know, I mean, when I summarize it like that, in this very long summary, <laughs> it, yeah. it, I'm not sure it sounds so obvious, but for me, I never ask myself the question. I just open the doors wide, mm. talk to people, and follow my curiosity. And as you know, Leticia, when we are a company of one, you don't have to just, I mean, it can be very lonely at times, but the beauty is that you don't have to justify anything to anyone. Mm. I don't have to go to my boss and be like, hey, boss, I'd really like to do the inner voice facilitator training, or I'd really like to do the mistress mind with Leticia because I think this would be good for my career advancement. No, <laughs> I know. I know this is right. And I know that it's exciting. And, and there's really nothing that you will learn that will not serve you on some level. Everything mm -hmm. that you learn, jewelry making, um, cooking class, everything serves you. I mean, yeah. you don't have to always try and justify everything. You just keep enriching yourself. And for me, the fact that I get to do that with my business is the very reason why I will never stop running a business. Mm. It's I, I'm, I motivate myself every day. You know, I actually block out time in my week to keep learning and learning and learning. And I'll never stop because this is the energy. This is my fuel. The more I learn, the more I can share, the more I can give, the more interesting I become to people that mm. are uh, my clients or that are around me. So then I want to learn some more because I know it's, you know, this is basically my purpose here is to learn, learn, learn. Why would I not? There's so many things out there. So many amazing people out there. Mm. Oh, I love everything that you're saying. And what your story, your journey really shows me is the power of uh, responding and allowing the journey to unfold and it to lead you to those beautiful places, which for me is what you mean by curiosity. I'm the same. I like following your curiosity leads you to places that you would never have expected you'd end up in. You would never have like um, consciously been like, okay, I'm going to do this because it's going to lead me here. Like for instance, in a voice facilitation, I had no idea what I was going to do with that. I was just like, yes, I'm in. Don't even think about it. I'm in. And then I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to use this as a tool. And um, and then it's now it is the the primary tool that I use in for myself and also in my coaching. And it led me to meet, making amazing connections with people like you and then doing the squad leadership. And like, it's just this beautiful unfolding when we follow our curiosity. And, you know, I really feel that hearing your story, the start of your journey as well, where you said like you were at university and, you know, choosing the subjects you wanted to do and all of that and traveling and all of this, like 
you were, it sounds like you were really in the flow then and, and it was very creative and um, multi-passionate in a lot of ways there, even though it's like law, but you still, there's so many different areas of law that you can study and learn about and you're in different. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then it sort of, um, you got almost pigeonholed into what you thought um, you needed to do as a lawyer. And, you know, that's the thing with lawyers. Like I remember when I was in my first year of uni, everybody's like, why would you do law? There's too many lawyers in Australia. There's an overabundance and so there's not enough jobs. And I thought, well, I'll just do something else with law. Like I don't know why I'm here, but I'm being like I'm being led here for a reason and surely I can do something else other than being a lawyer. But then I sort of forgot that by the time I went through working and all the things because everybody else is just, be, I want to be a lawyer. And then when you become a lawyer and you've got a job as a lawyer, it's like, shouldn't you be grateful that you got one of the jobs as a lawyer? Absolutely. And everybody understand what it is that you do and your parents are very proud. And, and that's when you get pigeonholed. You put yourself there and yeah. how can you not be grateful for something that is so valuable? You know, um, you make good money. You have a great title. The work you do is actually interesting. And no. <laughs> yeah. And then, so then it sounds like as you, um, as the universe sort of led you to this next chapter where you went to business development and then just responded and it led you into creating a business. And then that, that whole journey is you organically responding to the opportunities that are showing up for you. And then that same thing, being able to pick and follow your curiosity and have that other type of university which is self-led and being able to choose what you learn and you know pick from the world around us and that um I I love how you've highlighted you know there's the business and then there's you behind the business and how you know learning for yourself as a business owner is also supporting you with that your own growth as a person and how important that is and fascinating and interesting we're so interesting as people Yes, and, and you know, for me, it's I completely accept the fact that my business life is not separated from my life. I mean, yeah, you know, I think it's it's Jenna Zoe, Jenna Zoe. Sorry, I'm not saying your name right. Human Jenna design. Zoe. Yeah. Yes, for human design, she's she's got this amazing sentence. It sounds so simple, but it really resonates with me. She says that the job is the vessel for what your purpose really is. Um, and you know it, that there's no perfect job. It's just it should be a healthy vessel for all your qualities, for all these specific specific gifts. I think she says mm. that you're really good at. And now that I understand that, it's it's exactly what it is, right? Um, for me, I'm really good at networking. Not for the sake of saying that I know these people. No, because. I love knowing people. I love understanding how their minds work. I love understanding how their businesses work. I love understanding their personalities. And when I'm at a party, or, you know, when I used to be at parties before COVID, <laughs> um, or a, a, a dinner function, whatever, a conference, I'm the person whose brain is like, okay, so I've just met with this person. This person tell me this. Obviously, I've got to introduce them, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of my very French... Uh, education where I was taught to basically uh, make conversation to a doorknob because, you know, this is the polite thing to do. No, um, it's a very French expression. (laughs) But 
No, it's because it's so obvious that these two people should meet because they've got things that they can share, they can enrich each other's life. And I will gladly facilitate that meeting because mm. not because I've got any interest in it. It's just because I can fast track the universe yeah. by doing that, you know, the universe ways, not to sound too obnoxious when I say that. But so I'm very good at that. When people mm. tell me about you know, the struggles with their business or with their entrepreneurial dream. Uh, I, I've got this, I don't know, I, I can see the flow, I can see the ideas, I, I can see the underlying things. Uh, and my brain is wired like that. So why would I not use it this way? And it's true for my business, it's true for my private life, basically, it's true for my life. And my job is just a vessel for these specific gifts. Yeah. Um, and I bring it to my family members the same as I bring it to my clients. And mm. so, and yes, and also, you know how it is because the, I work from home, as you can tell. Uh, so everything is combined. You know, some days I've got my kids who are running everywhere. The cat is pushing my <laughs> microphone. Um, and at first, the first couple of years, I was very, very, I, I, I developed a bit of a complex with that. I was like, oh, maybe I should have my own office. It looks more serious. But now, especially in COVID times, I've come to embrace it and I love it and I'm not ashamed of it. And and my work is one of my life's passion, just like my husband is one of my life's passion or my children or cooking or traveling, you know, and it's and yes, of course, I do keep I do try and keep some limits. I don't check my emails all the time, et cetera, et cetera. But I constantly think about my work in the most beautiful, constructive way, just like I always think on again on the back of my mind, I always think about my children. It's mm. it's it's one of my founding pillars. And I'm so glad I get to say that about my work because it really wasn't always the case. Really not. Oh, that's so beautiful. So it's really just you're just being you, and there's these different facets of your life that you get to express that through. And with each yes area it's the same you you know you're just consistent across them all and get to express in different ways that's beautiful because it's when you're trying to pretend to be someone you think you should be which is what you sort of mentioned before um, when you first started your job that's so exhausting and we hate it and it feels horrible and who's got the energy well I didn't have the energy and I honestly believe that's why there's so many um, addictions in this kind of profession, you know, mm. who's got the energy. And I'm not just talking about finding the energy to survive your all-nighters. It's just the mental energy. Yeah. What, what's your fuel? What keeps you going? What's, when you're not really yourself, when you cannot be truly yourself. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm married to a lawyer. He's amazing at his job. He actually loves being a lawyer. And and that's his fuel. He, like he adores his clients. He's, he works in the renewables field. Um, he's passionate about it, but he's also managed to find a balance in doing the work and educating himself. You know, he gets to learn a lot about things beyond the legal work. So mm. you, just like we are doing, you and I, you know, and so many other people, he's bringing himself, or he's finding the energy in other things yeah. um, beyond the the, the, the the primary scope of being a lawyer. Um, yes. And, and that's probably the magic formula, you know, what nourishes you? What what else do you need in life? What else would be beautiful to have in your life so that you can really thrive with that primary scope of your work? Mm. And, and people do find that. So I really don't want to diss lawyers out there. I mean, for so many miserable lawyers, there are also a lot of very, very 
aligned lawyers, aligned with their values, aligned with their mindset. And kudos to those guys because that's just tough. Yeah, and that and that's the same as me. My partner Lou is a lawyer and he loves being a lawyer and he's passionate about it. And he's also found a really great balance for him where he's he works in human rights as a lawyer and really enjoys it. And um, but it's you know, like so, sometimes in whatever field, it's the same with a business. We, you might think, oh, it's the business that's the problem, or it's the job that's the problem, but it may just be, well, that's just not the right place that you're in in terms of that particular job, or with the business, it might just be, well, you actually need some boundaries around like the the way you work, so that you feel like you've got other aspects of your life um, being taken care of. So, yeah, I also agree. And also every single job out there in the world, there are people who are aligned with that and it's the right thing for them. The problem is, as has been the case for both you and I, where you're trying to pretend that that is what is aligned when it's not really. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I actually wrote a book on the topic because that's a topic that comes up quite often with my clients. You know, a lot of my clients are people who pivot from, very fancy, in French terms, very fancy careers as high-level bankers, high-level lawyers, um, you know, um, very fancy titles. And in France, we love that. We love the big titles. We love the haute education, you know, the great diplomas that your parents get to wax lyricals about for days and days and that you get to talk about during parties, even when you're 55, you still talk about your studies. You know, um, of, of course, I'm making a bit of a joke when I say that, but it's kind of true, though. We do love a good diploma, and we will talk about it for decades after that. And it really <laughs> pinch and holds you. In France, it's very hard to break um, to break free from a silo. We, we have these big silos, you know. Mm. If, you, if you're a lawyer, you'll always be a lawyer. If, if, if you're a banker, then why would you do anything creative? Of course not. You're a banker. Yeah. And life is not meant to be like that, especially not when you get to live a full life until you're, I don't know, 85, 90 years old, as, you know, we're lucky enough to, to, to get to do. And people evolve and jobs should evolve at the same time, um, like it is so common in the US or in the UK or in South Africa, or I don't know how it is in Australia, you know, if it's quite easy to see your career evolve and to pivot um, from one job to another. But in France, it's really tough and it's really frowned upon. Mm. And a lot of my clients, to backtrack a bit, a lot of my clients really had these amazing careers and then want to start their own business. Um, and after a while, I was like, there's really stories to say there, you know, stories to inspire other people to, to do the same and to stop being afraid of the unknown. So <laughs> I wrote a little synopsis and I was like, look, I've got, I've got these amazing people around me that either I work with or that I know of or that um, are my friends or that I've heard of, and I want to share these stories. Let me interview them. Let me get these stories together, put some beautiful illustrations there, some amazing pictures, and let me make a coffee-table book that will inspire people through and through. And I was lucky enough to, to meet some editors that were really excited about the project, and I got to pick the one, which felt amazing because writing a book was not on my list of things to do because I thought it would be 
too much of a gift for me. So that's why I never put it on my list, but I always wanted to write one, of course. And so that was 20, a big part of 2019 for me was to interview all these entrepreneurs um, who had broken free of the silos in France and tell the stories and find an amazing illustrator. And yeah, that's it. I've got my book, which is called De l'art d'envoyer valser sa carrière. Uh, it trans it doesn't translate very very well, but basically something like the art of of rock and rolling was valsing of valsing your career or making your career valse. I'm not sure. Awesome. Um, and and people were so generous. You know, I've got like this super famous movie actor. Uh, I've got this incredible yoga teacher that's that's so famous in France. Like famous people were very very welcoming, very generous with their time, mm. and very generous in sharing their stories you know the good the bad and the ugly the horrible moments of doubt the moments where you think that you're going to go bankrupt the moments where you realize that your family is actually not really supportive of your next project mm -hmm. they're just pretending and you feel very lonely um, you know people were really famous and not famous I've got all sorts of people in that book all sorts of profiles and they were so generous with all of their life stories And it's, uh, it was launched in September. It's a nice success. And again, I can't believe that people are buying it. It's just amazing. Um, and people tell me this. They're like, wow, you know, I can't believe that people actually go through doubts as well. I can't believe that this person who seems to have it all mm. happening so easily, I can't believe that she's going through all those, those high and lows as well. It's, you know, it, I, I find it interesting to remind everyone that we're all human beings the successful ones, the famous ones, as well as the unsuccessful and unfamous ones, we all go through the same. And then it's about accepting it and it's about letting other people in your life and not necessarily your family members, not necessarily your good friends. They're not necessarily the person that you need at that time in your life, you know. Um, for me, I have to say that I, I get so much inspiration i i get such a push working with you leticia you know and and you're you're not yet my friend you're my mentor you're, you're there for my business but i get a lot more through you than i get from my friends and my friends love me and they want everything that's good for me but when i tell them about the next steps they don't understand it mm. they, they think i'm crazy they think i'm putting myself in danger with my business they think i'm They think that in, in 2020 and about to be 2021 in COVID times, you don't you, you you don't do these things, you know, you don't start something new. You hang on to whatever you can and you prepare yourself for the storm. Mm. And and they, they don't do that because they want to stop me. They want to they want to protect me. And I don't need to be protected. I need to be motivated. And mm. so You know, you need to find the right inspiration from the right people at the right time. And I need my friends from so for so many other things, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I know who to turn to for my business. And mm -hmm. right now, it's you, my dear. Oh, I love what you've just said there. I, I don't need to be protected. I need to be motivated. That's a quotable right there. And <laughs> I love that. So, uh, but you also recognize that you need to have friends, right? But there's like of different course. purposes. Oh, for, this for the is so important. Of course, it's so important for so many things. Mm. Um, and, and they're generally interested in my business, but their reactions 
It's the same with my parents, you know. My parents are incredibly supportive of every crazy thing that I'm doing. Same with my (laughs) husband. But at the core, they want to protect me from anything that could go wrong. And so many things could go wrong, of course. But if I start focusing on that, then I go back to full-time employment where the risk is not mine to take. The risk is for my boss to take. And I'm okay with that now. I'm, I'm okay to take the risk and to carry it and to, to survive it if those risks do materialize. Yeah. Well, I, hearing your story, I feel like going through those two economic recessions in the past probably help you have a different perspective as we go through, you know, 2020 and everybody's fears about that. Because the, the real risk is, okay, yeah, you can you can go back to a job, but there's always a risk there with what would happen with the company. And there's the real risk is that you go back in a box and you don't express yourself in the ways that actually make you feel aligned. And that is, um, I think that's the real risk. When we That's completely about. true. That's completely true. And for me, um, going back to such a job is my worst case scenario. Not because it would be a nightmare. Of course not. I mean, you know, absolutely not. But because it's, it is not what I want to do. So this is what I will do in case I've got no other options with my company of one. Then that's what I will do. Um, it's it's been identified when I went to the bottom of my fears. It's been identified as my plan B or C or D. It's my worst case scenario is if I've got no other options to to, to, to pay for everything, if I've got no other options to, um, um, to make a livelihood, then I will go back to being in full-time employment. And it's a pretty good alternative, right? So once I was clear on that, I was like, okay, then I'm ready to go with my own business. Because if things don't happen, if things don't materialize, or if bad things happen, then I know I've got this as uh, as my very last option. Mm-hmm. And I'm still in touch with the industry. And I know wonderful people in the industry. Um, I still work with a lot of lawyers. And, and I know that there's a place there for me if I needed it. And it's so, so wonderful to know that, to know that your worst case scenario is actually not that bad. It's not that, it's not something that I want right now, but I know that there are options. I I know that I will not live under a bridge with my starving kids. Of course not. We're part of the very, very lucky people in the world. Um, And knowing that stops me from being scared all the time. Yes. Yes. I love that. And just being aware of it it helps to diminish the fear around um, risk. And I'm doing that. You can't see me, everyone, but in inverted commas because we're always talking about risk and business is spoken about as a risk. But as we can see from 2020, it's not true. Like everything's unknown. We've got no idea where things are going to end up. But there is so much to gain in a business as well. Like we don't think about what there is to gain. I look at my business and I think this in terms of if we just want to talk about income and financial security, there is way more for me to gain in the business that I have than I would have in a, in my career as a lawyer. That's what I see. And so when I look at, um, when I think about my the decisions that I make, I see that as an investment in that what's possible in terms of business. So to think about, oh, okay, like taking a risk, I feel if I if I um, wanted to go back into a job, 
I'm risking that. I'm risking that vision that's possible. And you're right. There's, you know, you have certain people for certain things in your life. And when we're talking to our friends who aren't in business and haven't taken those risks for themselves, they're coming from a mind fear perspective. And it's so beautiful because they love us so much, but it's definitely not what we need to hear at the time. No, completely. And, you know, I keep referring to my business of one very much like, very much like Paul Jarvis does. Um, But for me, I take great pride in having my solopreneur business. And, and you would know that because you know my business inside out, but it's not to say that I work all by myself all the time. It's not a solitary business. Like uh, I'm, I've surrounded myself with amazing, talented experts. Mm. Um, but they're not, they're not my employees. They are experts that I will turn to uh, depending on my business needs or depending on my clients' needs. And I've got this little tight-knit network around me. Um, and somehow it somehow it's very helpful for two things one is that I don't have anyone else relying on my business success financially but me so all my investments because I'm like you I invest heavily in my business Mm. Uh, obviously I'm a big big believer in business development so I do develop my business (laughs) and that requires investments Um, so I do do that and if that means that now and then I've got to, to, you know, that my salary one month has to be a bit lesser than the month before or the month after, then I will do that because it only impacts me. And having this freedom is essential to me, that my business finances only impacts me mm. because I'm very comfortable with that. I'm well organized. I get to see more or less where I'm going to be uh, the next six months financially. Yep. And that to me is a big part of my freedom. But also... Because I'm not an expert in everything, obviously not, and because I don't enjoy doing everything that my clients need from what I offer to them, I've got all these people that I rely on um, for their expertise, and they they all run their own businesses as well, right? They're all uh, self-employed, and I love this dynamic because these people, not only are they experts, but they are business people, they're entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. they've got that mindset, um, and they know that when I expect, when the client expects something from them, they will give it 150% because it's not just their work, it's their reputation. It's the word of mouth, you know, it's everything around it. And I love that entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. And so, because the question that I often get from people around me is, oh, you know, don't, don't you get lonely being all alone in your office or in your business? No, no. I talk to people every day. I see people every day. I challenge people every day and I get challenged by people around me every day. Um, I basically get the best of an office life with have, without having to deal with the frustrations or, um, you know, the little nitty gritty stuff. Yeah. Oh, I so agree. And I feel like it's been so cool for so many people in the world this year with needing to work from home to get sort of a glimpse of what our life is like as entrepreneurs because uh, before I a lot of people would say the same things to me like how can you work by yourself that must be so lonely so isolating and etc cetera, etc cetera. but 
by people now realizing, oh, it's actually possible to be connected to people when you're working from home and having meetings and um, still having this online connection. That's been, it's really hard to describe when you haven't experienced that. But now I feel like it's, I'm able to have conversations with people once upon a time I just couldn't bring to, they just couldn't understand me. And I've, so I've absolutely loved that about this year, um, having, yeah, just having that experience with everyone. Oh, for sure. For sure. I do miss seeing people in 3D now and then, but that's not because of my <laughs> job. That's because of the current situation, you know, yes. it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's not the solopreneurship, it's COVID. Yes, I know. Totally. So, okay, Alexia, can you share with us a little bit about your journey in the Mistress Mind and how that's supported you with your business? Like, what is it about the Mistress Mind that actually, how does it help you in your business? And also, we're so grateful because you'll be joining us in 2021 as well, which is super cool. So (laughs) You've got me hooked. (laughs) Yeah, I got you hooked. So tell us, like, what is the magic? What is it? It's the word actually, magic. It's that's that's how it feels. It feels like I'm creating my own magic, and it's always been the case, right? Everybody, every human being out there creates their own magic, but we've never been taught to actually look at it, to actually take the time and look at what you've created in the past few months, in the past few years, in the past, you know, in in your life. And for me, this is what it's about. This this mistress mind has been, huh? So I first went to you because I wanted someone to help me move to to, to the next level with my business. You know, uh, I, I wanted to get into the six figures, not just based on my business development work, but based on my coaching for entrepreneurs' work. And. It, well, the one is quite easy because I've got a good reputation with business development for lawyers and I could have kept going and going and going with that. But I really wanted to give more and more of my time and brain space to coaching for entrepreneurs. And that's why I turned to you initially, right? And you've helped me with that, you and the community that you create in this mistress mind. You've really helped me because you keep us accountable without any judgment. Mm. I mean, how often do we make these plans for the next two weeks and then the energy shifts completely and the inspiration strikes in a different way than what was expected on a different topic. And turns out that the the project that we had for the next two weeks, well, personally, I couldn't deliver on it, but I delivered on something else or I took time off because I just needed some breathing space. And every time you welcome us with an open heart, with an open mind and, and you make us acknowledge what we've accomplished, what we've just accomplished, but also where we come from. And to me, this is incredible because I see that where I was one year ago is so far from where I am now. And when I joined the Mistress Mind in June, I had all these projects, all these plans for myself. And we're now, you know, a few months in, and I realized that I've actually ticked so many of those boxes, but I haven't realized that I've done that. Yeah. And if I don't have someone like you, if I don't have this community that makes me take a few steps back look back and be like, wow. So now most of my revenue actually comes from coaching. And I never thought that it could be possible in such a short period of time. My book is selling well and I'm embracing it. 
And I'm actually talking about it, which for me was a big blockage a few months ago. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm an author. Who's going to believe this? And I can't, that doesn't feel right. No, I'm loving it. And I'm giving conferences online on the topic. And, and you know, if I didn't have you again, if I didn't have all the work that we've done together, all the work that we are doing together, I wouldn't realize how much I've accomplished. And I would just think it's completely natural and and somewhere in the back of my mind, I would still think I'm, that I'm under accomplishing a lot of things, that I'm under challenge, that I'm, I would undervalue myself. Whereas with you, I don't have a choice. I have to take a few steps back and be like, wow, look at, that. <laughs> look at how much has happened since June. I'm, I'm doing everything I set my mind to, plus some more. And I get to meet incredible people. Um, and that's why I want to do more of that. Mm. I love your perspective on that about how important it is. It's basically a space where you get to come and really see and celebrate all that you have created and everything that you're experiencing. And that is what attracts more abundance in our life. Yes, yes. And on all levels, you know, it, it makes my brain realize that I'm capable of doing this Therefore, I must be capable of doing even more. Mm. It, it's a wonderful way with my inner voice to feel acknowledged. Um, it's a wonderful feeling for my person to, to meet these people that I would have never met if it wasn't for you. You know, I mean, mm. um, this community from all over the world. And at first I thought, but we've got nothing in common. You know, how are we going to work together? And now I'm like, oh, wow, it's amazing because I get to learn so much from them because that's got nothing to do with my business. And yet it feeds me to an incredible uh, level. So I, I love the diversity. And and yes, we celebrate, but we don't, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel indulgent. You know, we, we're not throwing ourselves at those champagne parties all the time. Uh, <laughs> no, we actually take a few steps back and like, okay, so this has been done and this has been done and this is where I am now, but I, I feel like I need the help. And, oh, I love the support we get from there. I really love that. Mm, yeah, it's it's a very, it is a feminine approach to business as well because that's what I've really observed with your story um, when sometimes there's these plans and things that we want and you have really been allowing yourself when the inspiration isn't there just to take that step back to give yourself space and that's hard like let's all be honest that's really hard when you're in that space it is for me too and then what I've witnessed in you is by then doing that sitting in the uncomfortableness of allowing yourself to like just wait take a break create space then you've had this big wave come through of inspiration and it's just been like whoa it's incredible what you get done in that time Completely, completely. And you make this possible. You actually give us the space to do that. And if I might just bring up one criticism that I received from my husband, my dear Leticia, <laughs> is wondering why why can't you create a similar um, <laughs> mistress mind for men? Or Because he's like, but I wanted this energy because whenever I talk to him about it, he's like, this is amazing. I wish I had something similar. I would gladly be part of this. It's like, but why can't I be? <laughs> so maybe something for for your partner to uh, to consider creating something similar as well yeah I know I know I'm sorry to all the men out there <laughs> and especially if you listen to the podcast please make yourself be known if you do um 
Yeah, I know. This is definitely so beneficial, the space for absolutely everyone. It's just so, so powerful to have a community of people who get you and who are going through very similar, um, a similar journey. And you're so right, like with all the different backgrounds and like where we live in the world and even the different focuses of our businesses, we can all learn so much from each other just because of that shared connection of being on the entrepreneurial journey together. Beautiful. Completely, completely. So Alexia, I also just, I I guess this is my last question, but I really wanted people to know what aligned entrepreneurship means to you. Um, thanks for asking because I, I do think a lot about that and it's a definition that changes over time. But at its core, an aligned entrepreneur is an entrepreneur who's completely aligned with her values, with her ambition, with her mindset. You know, it's an entrepreneur that basically manages to find and to create her unique bliss Mm. her unique bliss that's beautiful I love that I think it's you Leticia (laughs) well it's you Alexia (laughs) it's both of us oh that's so beautiful yes um I love the way that you've just described that and I'm just sitting here in the in the feeling of it as I absorb what you said um but yeah that that I so agree. That's what it's all about. And we're all here to create our unique version of bliss. And it's through allowing ourselves to just be ourselves and to follow the curiosity and to respond to, to life. And yeah, that's beautiful. So yeah. Alexia, I could chat with you forever about all of the things. There's so many. Same other- here, Leticia. <laughs> Same here. You've got this incredible energy and I'm so, so grateful that I've got you in my life, really. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I'm so grateful that I have you in my life. It's been such an honor and a pleasure to get to know you and to support you and to learn from you as well. And I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast and to hear more about your story. We'll definitely have to do more collaborations in the future because there's so much more to be created between us, I believe. And yeah, thank you for coming on and sharing your story with all of us. Thank you, Leticia. And yes, yes to everything. Um, you know me, open heart, open mind, of course, <laughs> yes to everything. Thank you again for having me. You take care. So there we have it, my beautiful friends. A big thank you to Alexia for coming on and sharing so openly and vulnerably all about her journey to becoming the business owner she is today. You can connect with Alexia over on Instagram at AlexiaBBCO, and I'll put all of her information in the show notes for this episode. And then let's continue this conversation over on social media. Take a screenshot of you listening to this episode right now and tag both Alexia and I at Letitia Ringe on your stories to share about your thoughts and your realizations and any questions you have after listening to this episode. We would love to hear you and we would really love to keep up this conversation all about aligned entrepreneurship. 
Once again, if you haven't yet signed up for the Holistic Business Month, make sure you do so at LetitiaRange.com forward slash Holistic Business Month. Go and sign up right now so that you can join us. And if you're interested in learning more about our Holistic Business Mistress Mind for 2021, make sure you've got your name on the wait list at LetitiaRange.com forward slash Mistress Mind. All right, my beautiful friends, I hope you have a beautiful day and I will see you in our next episode. Bye. Hey, if you're ready to create your very own purpose-driven business too, I invite you to check out my online program, Create Your Beautiful Biz. You'll learn how to create a business that allows you to make your difference and thrive. Just head over to www.letisharinj.com forward slash CYBB. Let's make creating a business beautiful. I'll see you there.